Welcome to the next episode of the Four Generations of Friends podcast. I'm Jen. I'm Kimmy. I'm Susie. And I'm Farron. And today we're going to talk about a very exciting topic or scary topic, depending on how you want to think about it. Money. Money, 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 money. So let's just start by talking about um, how we kind of all experienced and learned about money in our world. Um, I was very tight budgeted when I first started managing my own money because obviously um, things were a little tight when I went to college and I had limited funds um, during my time in college and I worked several jobs to make my way through college. So I wasn't always a great money manager. Um, When I did finally get out of school and uh, start making decent money or what I'll call decent money, something over minimum wage, I got myself into some credit card debt, which I'm sure some other people have experienced and learned the hard way that that's a bad road to take. I agree. Um, When we didn't learn anything about money as far as like growing up and my mom, you know, didn't really say anything to us, you know, about teaching us, you know, how to save and do this kind of stuff. We just didn't have it. So there wasn't really a whole bunch to save or do anything with. Um, But then she had a friend at work and he really changed the way that we looked at money and taught us about saving, earning stocks and all that kind of stuff. And I'm very thankful for that. But I agree on the credit card thing. You know, when I got in college, my mom's like, you know, you need to get a credit card, charge tank of gas and then pay it off. So I did that for a while, but then stuff happened and then charged up credit card. And before you know it, you got a couple thousand dollars in credit card debt. Well, I really didn't learn much about money at home. Um, It just wasn't something my parents talked about. And they were, especially my mom, was very frugal. And so if I had had to make a guess, I would have thought that we were sort of poor. I later found out we really weren't, but... They were just very careful about money and did not discuss it with us. We would suddenly have a new car and we didn't even know they'd been car shopping because those decisions just weren't things that were made in front of us. Um, Yeah, so kind of in the same boat as Kimmy, when I was little, little, we were pretty um, poor. So, um, yeah, we didn't talk about money because you can't talk about something that doesn't exist for you. Um, I do remember like I'd get 20 bucks here or there from something. My dad would always borrow it. Sorry to throw into the bus like that, uh, borrow it. And I don't think ever paid me back. Um, but then when I got to like middle school, I remember like my mom would drop me off at the mall and she'd give me 20 bucks to buy stuff every time. And, um, I mean, by the time we graduated high school, they were doing decently financially, I guess. I mean, they bought my brother and I cars, um, And I got like a new pair of shoes every week, which I'm assuming was them making up for how poor we used to be. But it kind of, if you know me now, has translated into I want, want, want. And I just think I should have everything because I think that my parents tried to like compensate later. Um, So I did have, we were three sport athletes. We couldn't work during the school year, but mom made us get summer jobs. And I don't know the exact percentage or exactly how she did it, but I do know she took money from every one of our paychecks and she put them into an account for us because I know when I got to college, if I wanted money, she took it out of the money that I had earned. Um, but beyond that, I was pretty fiscally just ridiculously uneducated. I racked up all sorts of credit card debt as well. Um, and uh, I'm not sure I don't know that much about it. <laughs> When I was young, and I'm sure that Susie can relate to this, 
when our parents had money issues, they didn't have credit cards. I mean, they credit cards weren't really a major thing then. I remember that that my dad, I think at one time, had an American Express diner's card. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't really know what a credit card was. Um, nobody really had them. It's not like today. Everybody didn't have a credit card or three or four or ten. My first, uh, so credit cards in college were problematic for me because my mom opened a credit card in my name and she would put like, same, like a tank of gas and pay it off. Cause she was like, you have to have a credit score. You have to like build your credit. So she was really good about doing that for me. And then I got my hands on the credit card and I know no limits. So, um, but then when I was in college, because my mom had been working to build my credit score. I'd go to Victoria's Secret and they're like, well, do you want to apply for a store card? Well, sure. And then they'd give me one. And on campus, they would have tables that were like, apply for this card and you get like whatever. And it's like, well, hell, I don't have any money. I might as well use a credit card that who knows how it's getting paid off because I also don't have a job. But well, and, and I remember I remember them pushing credit cards on the college campus. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think they still do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like. Jen said, I don't think my parents had credit cards, but like I said before, that really wasn't any of my business. So maybe they did, but I doubt it. I would assume my parents didn't have credit cards, but I mean, it just wasn't, it wasn't the thing that it is today. I mean, they have them now. And there were no rewards. You didn't get rewards for using a credit card. The interest rates were, you know, 35%. And it was just a different time in a world, I guess. I know that my mom had credit cards. I feel like I've known that she's had credit cards forever. And even now, I mean, like, because we would have to charge different things on there at different times, you know, maybe a school or, you know, some, some books or whatever it was. And, um, but I do remember her, you know, taking them and, and moving them over to ones that had 0%. And I've always remembered her doing that, but it seems like it just took forever. And we just talked about that and it's, so I guess I kind of learned from that. Well, let's talk about kind of how um, things changed or adapted when you got married or when you got with your spouse. Because when Bob and I moved in together in college, we actually pretty much combined our finances. Um, we both had our rent to pay and we obviously lived in the same house and we paid rent. But we combined our money to pay for food and other things so that we could, you know, make it last longer. Um, and we've always had our money combined since then, although he doesn't really deal in the finances at all. So unless he has something major he wants to buy at this point, things are a little different, but he, you know, will say, Hey, can we afford to do, you know, whatever it is? Because he doesn't, you know, we, we laugh because I have a, all the, oh, all the passwords and codes and all that stuff, you know, for your bank accounts and all those things are in this special place that we store them. Um, and I'm like, here, you need at least know and understand this password so you can get into the system to find all the passwords in case for some reason I just kill over, you'll actually be able to pay the bills. Well, so circling back to these college credit cards, Chris and I got married. Uh, I was very young and I still didn't really have a job. And uh, <laughs> he's sitting here probably giving me the side eye because we got married and my mom dropped a stack of credit card bills on his desk and basically was like, she's your problem now. <laughs> so um, he wasn't thrilled. I think it was probably like $4,000 or so. Um, 
but we got married and we combined our finances and I had Stella right away. Um, if you remember from the wedding podcast, I was pretty far along by the time we got married. So I also didn't work. So Chris is master spreadsheet budgeter extraordinaire. And he would be like, you know, this is how much money you have for things this month. And I would go to brunch or I would go shopping and I stayed close to it. I think ish. Um, there was a column for a while in the spreadsheet. It was red and it was called Money Farron Owns Owes the Joint Account. Um, and I finally was like, might as well delete it. I'm never going to pay it back. <laughs> but um, so we had to sit down about, mm, I'd say six months later. And Chris said, I love you. And the biggest fight my ex-wife and I had was over money. And I don't want that to be a problem. So we're going to have separate bank accounts and I will just give you this money and whatever you do with it is your problem and I don't care. Um, and so now fast forward, I do have a job and I have my own money, but we still have separate bank accounts. Chris pays the bills both literally and actually physically pays them because I probably we'd have really great shoes and live in a cardboard box. So, um, yeah, so I, I, I am Bob in that if anything ever happens to Chris, it's going to be a nightmare of me trying to figure out how to get into things and how to, uh, deal with things. <laughs> yeah. Same. I, I'm definitely the Bob in our relationship. Steve makes the money and handles it. And when we were first married and we were both working, um, I remember, not very long into the marriage, we were looking through the checkbook register, which is how we, the primitive way we used to do things. And he's looking at how much I had spent on clothes in a month and was a bit taken aback by that and thought that needed to change. So he came up with a number of how much clothing expenditure should be for a month. And this is back in a day where you wore a dress and pantyhose to work every day. And I said, that will not even keep me in pantyhose. So it was a bit of a shocker for him. And we've kind of muddled our way through the fact that I like to spend money and he likes to save money. I can tell you when we first got together, um, I was very in tune with starting to pay uh, my credit cards off and doing that stuff. But when we first got together, and Brian was married before, but they had incurred some debt. And I know we were paying, and this is 20, 20 plus years ago, and we were paying $1,000 a month just in credit card debt, just to get out of it. And I mean, we worked really, really hard at that, um, you know, just paying that off. And then once we got the... Um, cards paid off you know I just said you know we're just going to charge and then pay off charge and pay off but it took a really long time and Brian obviously makes more money than I do and so but for me it's independence and it's not about anything other than I just like to have that feeling of accomplishment of paying my own bills so he makes more money he pays the house payments and the big bills and then I pay the cell phone bills and TV and water and garbage. So it, it works for us and people might think it's, you know, unconventional, but I think it, it just has worked. And, you know, if I buy him a gift, he doesn't know where I'm getting it from. I mean, yeah, I've read online a lot of people are like, well, if you're going to have separate bank accounts, it's just one step out the door. You might as well get divorced. But I think that if Chris and I had combined bank accounts, 
that would be more problematic. Um, different from you for you than me is that I don't contribute anything at all to the household expenses. But Chris makes significantly more money than I do. So for him, the contribution is he's not having to give me money because, well, very often because I love to spend money. Yeah. And that's, I mean, like, but it works for us, you know, and 20 years later, I don't, I think it's more common now. It's getting to be more common and, you know, but, you know, I see people that are like, oh, it's, um, you know, my husband allots me this amount. Well, I'm sorry, but. Oh, I love back in the 1950s. Moms groups are always like, what kind of allowance does your husband give yeah, you? And even, even back when we had a combined account for those brief, brief, short six months, it was never like I'm giving you an allowance. Chris would make me sit down, look at the spreadsheet. He still does that sometimes. And I always like, I always get huffy. And I'm like, I don't want to talk about money right now. And I put him off, but. He really likes for me to have some kind of idea about what's going on in our finances. So it was never an allowance. It was like, here's leftover money. How do we think we should spend it? Yeah. Well, and I, and I obviously being an accountant, we still live on a budget, although the budget's changed over the years, you know, when we were young and we had kids and we had to pay for daycare and diapers and all that fun stuff. Our budget was a lot more meticulous um, and very stringent on what we spent on various things. Now I just kind of do a, an overview, but I still do it. I mean, I was updating our cash. I call it cash planning um, spreadsheet yesterday because Bob gets paid because of the nature of what he does and his partnership. He gets paid a distribution twice a year and that's, we've got to live off that money for the rest of the year. So I have to figure out, okay, you know, how much do we expect we're going to be spending in January, February, March? Oh gosh, the kids college, all three kids college bills are due in January. So I got to budget for more that month than I do other months. Mm -hmm. So, but we still, so we still work on a budget. I just wish that at some point in my life and, and frankly, in school, I wish they would teach kids about money and budgeting. And I wish there were classes on some general life lessons that kids just don't get. I mean, that's Fortunately, my, my kids, because I'm an accountant, they got the brunt of learning all about this kind of stuff. And we talked openly with them about when they got into high school, obviously not when they were young about money. And when they turned 14, they had their first high school checking accounts. And, you know, we obviously funded their checking accounts, but when they went somewhere, they used to use a debit, they learned to use a debit card. And now our kids are at college and yes, we give them the money to pay their utilities, but I don't pay the utilities for them. I give them the money and say, here's what you've got to spend this month. You need to figure out how much of it you need to spend on your bills and how much of it you need to spend on your groceries. So debit cards were fairly new when I was coming of age, I guess you would call it. Um, and so when I was 16 and I had my first job, I had a tie dye checkbook and my mom did sit down with me and teach me how to balance it um, and go through the register or whatever. And I would push it to the limit. So like, you go to the mall and you write a check, but it doesn't hit your account for three days. So I would play that game. Like, oh, well, I get no. paid on Friday and it's Wednesday. So I'm going to go ahead and write this check, <laughs> assuming it won't okay, come I'm I'm just going to point out that that's called check kiting and it's actually legal. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was 16. You can't send me to prison for that. <laughs> the, the thing about those kids' checking accounts, though, and it, or the debit cards is a good thing because it doesn't let them overdraw. Yeah, Stella has a debit card, and I have her specific account set up that way, yeah. So she can't overdraw, and it's not tied to her savings account. So um, she has what she has. She called me. She's on spring break in Florida right now, so she's been calling me every day to check how much money she has. She calls me yesterday and said, Mom, can you check my account? And I, said, and I was like, yeah. And she goes, well, I was at the mall, and I bought some Crocs. But then I thought, 
these were very expensive and that's just too much money to spend on shoes when I only have so much. So I returned them. But I asked at the store when the money would come back in my account, and they said it just depends on your bank. So I'm calling you to see if the money is back in my account <laughs> yet or if I have to wait a couple days. <laughs> it, well, that, that's a good lesson for her, something she learned. Yeah. But I'll tell you a funny story about Sarah yesterday. So she wanted to upgrade her cell phone a couple of years ago, two years ago. And she and, and we were willing, I mean, obviously, we need to upgrade her cell phone because she breaks them. But she wanted a better phone than we were willing to pay for, right? Because you have to pay a monthly whatever right. breakdown the fee so i'm like all right you can have this whatever phone but you're gonna have to pay the difference between what mom and dad would pay and yourself and every month i'm gonna take this much out of your bank account okay so fast forward to literally yesterday i'm having a phone conversation with her and i'm like just so you know that your phone time your whatever has, has run out and i'm not gonna be taking that money out of your account anymore and she goes what money yeah i'm like it's the 19 dollars 60 that comes out of your account every month she goes oh i must not pay very, very good attention I'm like, well, you need to start paying attention, girlfriend, so you know where your money's going. Yeah. And here I thought I taught her some things, and clearly she wasn't listening. But I will tell you, though, I mean, my mom would sit down, and she still does to this day. She has a check register. She writes everything down, and she's very neat about that. But I will tell you, though, you know, as far as money goes and being a single parent and, you know, raising kids, and having all that stuff, it wasn't ever easy for her. So I think part of that, you know, you watch that. So you take you take that into consideration when you're growing up about how hard she had to work and how, you know, stuff, you know, a, a $5 bill, somebody be like, oh, here's $5. Well, that's not something that you take lightly. You know, she washed our bras by hand. I mean, like in the kitchen sink. Well, I don't mean to one-up you, but... No, go ahead. I like you. My mom did and still does wash her aluminum foil mm -hmm. and her Ziploc Zip bags. bags. <laughs> yeah. She has a stash of uh, Arby's and Culver's paper bags that she saves for when she packs her lunch for yeah. work. She can just use one of those grease-stained <laughs> bags. And you see those commercials, like, or those memes or whatever about... Um, going into the fridge and there's a cottage cheese container and you open it up and it's last night's dinner. I mean, that's, and she still, she that's, still has all those containers, whipped cream, oh, yeah. cottage cheese, sour cream, yeah. you know, and, but that just goes to show that, you know, they don't take, she didn't take anything for granted. And I think, think that has rubbed off as well. I'm a little bit more lenient on some things, but you know, I saw how hard she had to work. And so, you know, wasting is not, I, you know, it's just not a, it's just not a thing. I don't know. You know, money was not in abundance. Um, but my mom has always been extremely like budget. She does the bills. She, you know, keeps track of everything. She always has there probably, I know there were times that the balance and what was due weren't driving with each other, but, uh, my dad was always the more fun parent, like let's go do whatever. We'll figure it out later. So uh, my parents are still happily married 38 years. I think they're happy. 38 years they're later. Happy. <laughs> Everything's real. But too. I always think it's really funny because they have such different views on money. But isn't that what makes couples work sometimes? No, I mean, I think I think I think it can be both. I think opposites attract, but I also think money is the main reason people don't work out. Something else we should talk about though is just the whole idea of um, saving. Because I think people don't realize, and I really kind of beat this into our kids to the point that my kids' first jobs had 401ks, 
or Evans did. And, and, you know, he actually contributed to his 401k because I look at decisions people make. So Bob's company, for example, has a 401k with a match. So literally if I deposit a dollar into my 401k, they will also put in a dollar, right? 80% of the people that work at this company don't contribute to the 401k. It's literally free money. And then I look at yeah. these people talking about how they are, you know, going to be, ret- can't afford to retire when they're 65 or 70 or 75 because they just can't afford it. They weren't thinking ahead. And I, and I know that that's hard to do when you have kids and you have diapers and you have all that kind of stuff. But if you get into a habit of actually, you know, investing that money or saving that money, I mean, and so when Bob gets his distribution, the first thing I do before I start that cash budget or while I'm doing that cash budget is determine how much of that money we're going to put into our investment accounts or our savings accounts, because I don't want to work until I'm 80 years old or 85 or be in a situation like my my father's grandparents who couldn't afford to take care of themselves. And that came as a burden to his mom, you know, their children to then pay for their nursing home expenses, which she couldn't afford for afford to pay for. So now it just is rolling downhill. I mean, it used to be a big situation where everybody's like, Oh, what are we going to leave our kids in, in their, you know, inheritance? We aren't going to leave our kids anything in our inheritance. You know, we're telling them now we're going to spend all our money. But we're not going to burden them with having to take care of the cost of having to take care of us when we're older either because we focused our attention on the savings. And and the majority of the public doesn't do that. I mean, I, I see it all the time. This is going to be really callous and mean. So everybody listening, if you don't like me after this episode, I I'm, I'm, won't be surprised. <laughs> and if you still like me after this one, give it five more. Um, so I have been very clear with my parents and I have asked Chris to be clear with his parents. I'm not sure if he has or not, but my plans do not include on paying for anything for them retirement wise or anything. Like I strongly feel like they've had their whole life to figure it out and I'm not going to be burdened with that. So, um, and I, I, my parents will, I know my parents won't put that on me. I'm 98% sure Chris's parents have a plan in place, but should something befall them, I'll be really hard pressed to help out. Well, but you you also don't know what's going to happen. I mean, my grandfather had a stroke when he was very young. My mom ended up having to quit her job early. So she had to essentially retire early 10 years before she planned to, to take care of my grandfather. So you don't That's know what's going to happen. Because I just, I don't think I would. I've watched my dad take care of my grandma because she doesn't have enough money to go in assisted living. And if I were them... <laughs> Well, Brian and I, Brian and I talked about this. I mean, I feel like right off the bat and I, we, I have a very, very close relationship with my family and I just told him, I said, you know, we have to, and we agreed, I didn't tell him, we agreed that we would take care of our parents, that we would move them in. So when we built this house, we built it so that we could take care of people. And um, you're a better person than I am. Though. <laughs> I'm, I'm not kidding. That. I was in the car with my mom the other day and she was talking about like, oh, she bought something and she was paying it back so she could leave us something. And I said, mom, I just want to level with you. Like, I see the stuff you guys do for grandma and that is 100 percent not happen. So you need to use that money wisely to have end of life care. Maybe look up some end of life care insurance, because if not, you're going to have to lean on Jimmy. I don't know if y'all know Jimmy. I love him, but he ain't going to take care of nothing. And we, and we have so far, I mean, Brian's dad, um, God rest his soul, but he was, we were able to take care of him at the end of his life. And that was such a, you know, a powerful thing for us to do for him instead of having to go into a nursing home. I just, 
I have too many, I know too many people that work in nursing homes and I know the shit that goes on in there and I would never, I wouldn't, I just couldn't do it. I just could not do it. I hope they go to a very nice assisted living and I will have lunch with them every day, but, uh, (laughs) well, every day I'm here, but my future plans include traveling nonstop and not taking care of my parents. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my mom, you know, it's hard to budget. It's hard for anybody to budget when you don't know how long you're going to live. And fortunately she's made it to a ripe old age and she's very generous with her family well, her friends too, when it comes to gifting and doing things for them. And her theory is, well, I would rather watch you enjoy it now than leave it to you when I'm gone. So mom, right. if you're listening, 10,000 bucks probably <laughs> make me real happy. The, the look on face, I bet you can't even picture it. <laughs> well, I, I like those families where where the parents and, and we haven't gotten to this point in our life, obviously, although we do take a lot of great vacations with our kids, because I think that having those that time and spending that time with them and making those memories those is worth scary. way more than any amount of money we could leave them. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially when they're like adults and stuff. I think it's, you know, when we go on a trip and Susie leaves us at the last day and she's like, <laughs> Hey, I'm going to go see my daughter. <laughs> well, yes, you should. And that's the thing. And then we go on another trip and she's like, Hey, I'm going to fly to see my daughter. I'm like, yes, you should. I, that's been really fun for me though. Um, and I know that I'm in a much different financial situation than my family was growing up, but my parents are now as well. Um, and so it's been really, really fun to bring them. They couldn't take us on all of these trips. I mean, we, they, my parents did so much. I have so many fond memories of driving to, you know, Myrtle beach or whatever, but we're doing these big trips that they couldn't do with us and they get to do it with Stella and watching them be able like I would rather yes. them spend their money doing that than like be worried about leaving I will be fine I don't need money from them right. I want them to live long be happy and have end of life care situated oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah I just I don't know I just feel like the I feel like that's part of what we do I don't know and that's but just I different. think but I also think there's different situations so would you take like, care of your parents your mom Jen well, well we're building we're, on a podcast. <laughs> we're, we're building a second story to our house. So we have a master suite downstairs so that one of our mothers can move in because we have three sets of in-laws. Someone's going to end up living with us guaranteed. I guess. Um, so an interesting thing while we're on the subject of like money and, and all of that, um, my mom's parents and my dad's parents financially. And so, you know, my, I have one grandma that's still alive. And then three that have moved on to a happier, better place. Um, my my mom's dad and my dad's dad actually both worked at the same company. Um, they both worked at the same company. And I'm not sure, you know, I mean, my, my, my mom's dad had three kids. My dad's dad had six. And my grandma is a big, 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 big spender. Very, my dad's mom was very big on like appearances the newest car, like the best car, like everything was very, she had to spend all the money. And my dad, my mom's dad was diff, like he was frugal and he saved a lot. And so now I'm looking at, you know, my, my mom's parents passed away and they left her quite a bit of money, which contributes to her being able to do stuff with us now. Whereas my dad's mom is still alive and um, she doesn't have any money. So when it came time to put her in an ISIS, there was no money 
So she lives at my uncle's house. Prior to that, she lived at my aunt's house. My dad has to like scrimp and save and like, you know, squeeze blood out of a turnip to have money to take care of her. And he's doing his best to try to save any extra dollars that she has in an account. But I mean, she's going to die and there's going to be nothing there. So seeing the like juxtaposition between what it looks like when you save and when you invest versus when you spend, you know, that's been kind of very eye opening for me. Yeah. And that goes back to, you know, we not teaching people to invest early you know i mean like open a roth i opened a roth when i was in my 20s you know and it doesn't take much to have to throw a little bit in there you know and do that kind of stuff why are we not talking about stocks instead of and, and you should have those conversations because kimmy i'm i have never invested in a roth i think it's between you and between you and i and the rest of the listeners of this podcast and fair I'm a very aggressive investor, so I don't want to put right. my money into a Roth because I'm not going to make much money on it. I want to put it somewhere that I can earn 20, 30 percent. Yes. But then I also have the risk of losing. Take a right. Chance, right. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's where, you know, with even my 401k, you know, I was a hair aggressive. I wasn't as aggressive as what I probably should have been. But damn it. I mean, I'm sitting here and I'm like, I work hard for this dollar and I still want it to be a dollar at the end of the day. And yeah. I work hard for my dollar and I want it to be $2 at the end. I know you do. I know. <laughs> but you know, I mean, like that just. And I work hard for my dollar and I want it to be a gorgeous pair of pumps. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> well, I, I think there's I one other thing we haven't, we haven't really talked about. And that's the difference in the ages and how that affects things. Because as in my generation, um, we waited till we were older to have kids. So we are what, I mean, we literally call ourselves a sandwich generation, right? We're, there's very minimal time between when we're done taking care of our kids and when we're going to have to take care of our parents. Right. I mean, my, my parents are retired now and they're at an age where they're going to start having health problems and my kids are still in college. So as soon as my, I'm done paying for my kids for the most part, cause you know, kids are an ongoing saga and money pit. But when I'm done paying for my kids, I'm going to be taking care of my parents. So we, and, and we want to retire early so that we actually have a little bit of time where it's just the two of us. Right. Well, and, and I don't want to be, you know, my grandmother who retired and she actually did retire early, not early, but she retired in her early sixties. And two years later, she was dead. She didn't do any of the stuff she wanted to do. I, and I don't want to be that person. No, I don't have children, but my thing is, you know, when growing up, it was always just assumed, you know, we just, you went to work to make money. And, you know, I see so many kids and I'm like, how old are you? 17? Do you have a job? No. Well, why not? What are you doing? Are you involved in any activities? What are you doing? I mean, how are how are we teaching kids about money if we're not having them work? I mean, so well, we work our asses off. And there's like this cycle, I think I see. You know, my mom didn't have anything growing up. She wanted us to have more than what she had. And, you know, my sister has kids. So she's giving him way more than we ever had. And there's this cycle. But I'm like, but... What are we doing but, to but, help teach these kids, you know, go get a job, make your own money. And, and, and I, and I absolutely agree with you, Kimmy. So our kids had to do that. So like their first car, I mean, Farron just mentioned that her parents bought her and her brother, their first cars, Bob and I could afford to do that, but we didn't. We told our kids, look, whatever you save, we will match when you're ready to buy a car and that amount of money, the amount you save has to include your first year of insurance. Right. So we made them focus their attention on, you know, this situation and, and saving their money. Now, my daughters have really nice cars. My son, his first car was not so nice because he wasn't much of a saver. So it, it, it 
comes to balance that whole thing out. And, and you have yeah, but that. So like I was a three sport athlete, so I practice every night. We had meets and games on Saturdays. I mean, there was very little time to have a job. And, and I look at Stella, you know, she, she wants nothing more than to come work at the pizza shop when she's yeah. old enough, but she dances 20, 25 hours a week. So, you know, once but, you're in school, well, I can tell you though, I mean like, and I'm not saying that it's anything, but you know, I played volleyball, basketball, and softball, and I worked. I mean, I worked doubles on the weekends when I didn't have a tournament. And every Sunday night, I still was on, you know, made good grades. So, you know, and when I had a car, I mean, I had to give my mom insurance money. And then, and, you know, even when um, somebody hit my car and I had, we had to get a new car, she did it, but I had to pay her. I mean, like, I paid her because we didn't have the money for her to take on insurance and, you know, so if I had to work one job, two jobs, you know, whatever it was. I, I mean, mean, I, 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 I fully see us paying for Stella's car and insurance, gas and probably everything else. But Stella, Stella has a standard, like a set of rules. So she has to do these things on this list. And this is, we've been, it's pretty new, but if she gets, if she's done everything on her list for that week, she gets a $30 a week allowance. If she does it for four weeks or a month straight, she gets a $50 monthly bonus. But Stella now has to pay for all of her own stuff. So we have effectively cut her off because Stella has zero concept. Like she wants to go to Rivet five times a day. She wants to walk to get ice cream at the pizza shop. She wants to walk to Remedy. She wants to do this and that. Her and her friends like going to the mall. So that's our our way of trying to teach her like she's called me every day on spring break how much money do I have left and I told her yesterday and she was like what and I said you spent $108 at the seaside store oh well it was an expensive store okay well that's why you don't have any money so in that regard that's why she returned the crocs because she realized her bank account was dwindling pretty hard so we are trying to teach her the concept of money even though she doesn't have a lot of free time to make it go get an actual job so my girls always had jobs when they were in high school and um and college i guess now that i think about it but they definitely got um steve's sense of money and they're all very very careful with their money so i had no influence there whatsoever thankfully you know i i will say and and all jokes aside i've, I've been joking a lot about having zero financial sense and i really don't have a lot but in my current life position, I always have a hashtag built-in bailout Chris. So I think if he were to not be here anymore, um, I could figure it out. I'm not dumb, but it's a little bit of a, you know, I get myself in a credit card debt. Chris pays it off. I call it how we flirt. He's making me sweat <laughs> right now. But um, so there's that piece of it. But I think too, though, with you, I think if you had to do it, you could do it. You're not, I mean, like yeah, you said, smart. you're not, it's not that, but you know what? Why do it? I mean, I, mean, I, I mean, like, I'm a, so my friend texted the other day and she said, we center our vacations around nature. And I said, I center mine around, I'm not sure, I guess hedonism. Like I, people, you know, <laughs> live to work. I work to live. So I'd never have any money because I'm spending it on going on 27 girls trips. I mean, I, I, I maximize my money for fun. 
investments. <laughs> well, and, and I think that's a good point. I mean, everybody has things that they want to spend money on, right? We're talking earlier about, you know, people wanting expensive cars. I, I could care less about that. I want to get from point A to point B and not have my car break down, right? I mean, it's it's an important aspect, but I don't want to spend $100,000 on a car. Be- and so it's all a priority of, you know, what you want. Fair in one's shoes. So he focuses her attention. I also want trips, but that's it. Just shoes and trips. And purses. And purses. I and wine. Want, I just want clothes and wine. And I like to go to Vegas. Funny because, you know, you hear people say, oh, I don't have the money to fix my windshield. Well, you do. You just don't want to spend that money on fixing your windshield. But I will say some people genuinely don't. Like, I mean, I know at times as a kid, I mean, my parents didn't go to Starbucks or smoke or do anything. There just wasn't money coming in compared to what needed to go out. Right. And I do think we have to be cognizant that there are people in that situation. Let's all tell one thing that we would share with others that we think is important about money, money management, money with your spouses, et cetera. Okay. Well, I'll start. Um, I would say the biggest money lesson that I have yet to learn, but I know I need to is be cognizant about your, who you are as a person. I continually get credit cards and I know that I'm not a person that can have credit cards. I rack them up and then I depend on someone to bail me out. So if you know that you are not a person that can responsibly and reasonably handle credit cards, don't. Be mindful of your end game. And I'm always looking ahead to the future as far as, you know, here's where I want to be at this point in my life. So whatever I have to do to get there, Besides prostitution and drug selling and usage. If you um, sell it, but you don't use it. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah. Wait, uh, and, and murder for hire. Okay, there you go. I would do that. But like, I know my end game and I know where I want to be at a certain age. And I say, have that goal in mind. Talk to your spouse. Make sure you communicate about money and what you're doing. Save, save, save. No matter how it is, the way I save is silly. But I'm telling you, save any way you can. Save it in pennies. Dimes, nickels, and bills. Whatever you can do, save it. Susie? Um, since I have very little sense of money, I think I got nothing. You got nothing. <laughs> Talk to your kids and make sure they're Yeah, there you broke. go. But they're very physically responsible. Yeah, because you... This is like Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. You guys didn't talk about, like, people that... Uh, Nobody carries cash anymore. Oh, that's a good one. Can you edit that back in? Okay. Oh my that's God. A good one I had, it was a, it's a good point to that. I literally came yeah. home with Vegas. I cashed out my chips. I came home with 400, four $100 bills. No one will freaking take them. Oh, I had, hey, hey, I had to, um, I had to ignore a call. So say, it was from my credit card. Say um, <laughs> back to, that's a really good point. And then what you were saying. Okay. That's a really good point because I came home with Vegas. I cashed out my chips. I came home with $400, four $100 bills. I have tried to spend them several places. No one will take them. I have to put them back in the bank so I can get smaller bills or something because no one takes hundreds anymore. It's crazy. Yeah, Yeah, my mother-in-law tried to write a check the other day and the girl looked at her like she had nine heads. And, you know, well, that's how I look. People look at people who try to write checks too. What are you doing? Use a freaking debit card. My mom came over here one time and she, we didn't know if she had a detached retina. So we were trying to find an eye doctor and they're like, we don't accept that insurance because she's from Illinois. And I was like, I don't care. I'll pay cash. 
oh, we don't accept cash. I'm like, only in America do we not accept cash for something, you know, that we need to get done. I can pay it right here. Right. But I think debit cards also, I mean, as a person who struggles with things made out of plastic, debit cards get you in trouble as well because when I'm spending cash, I can see the dwindling amounts of cash. When I'm swiping a card, I check my account. And that's what happened to Stella. It's so easy to be like, oh, shit. I had no idea I spent that much money. Yeah. And I, I guess, used, oh, go ahead. Well, I guess my, my advice would be use your credit card as if it were cat. I mean, think about, because we've just never, fortunately, gotten ourselves in a position where we charge more than we could pay off at the end of the month. So I would say use your credit card or your Venmo or whatever as if you were paying cash and not spend what you don't have but that also reminds me a friend of mine was on a walk and a kid had was had a lemonade stand last summer and my friend said oh sorry i don't have any money and he said we take venmo yeah (laughs) the boy scouts got me like that at kroger yeah for a 20 dollar bag of popcorn and i use cash (laughs) because then i know exactly what i'm spending and i put so much money in my wallet each week and then i get down and i'm like Sometimes I have a great week and sometimes I'm like, somebody had a little, had to add a little extra to their wallet this week. And you really feel that amount. My advice is to know where you're spending your money because so many times, um, as an accountant, obviously I see a lot of stuff related to fraud and, you know, identity theft and that kind of thing. But if people aren't watching their bank accounts and, you know, just like my daughter with that $19 and 60 cent, that could be someone stealing money from her and she hadn't even noticed it. You know, and, and they don't start out taking big amounts of money, whether it be from a credit card or or your bank account. They start out with small sums. So you got to know what you're what you're buying. And I mean, maybe you don't have to be as vigilant as I am. And I'm very vigilant because literally every charge to our credit card, I get an alert for, um, which my husband hates. Although I will tell you a story several years ago. He's like, well, you know what I'm getting you for Christmas because you see the credit card and you're always watching the credit card. And I'm like, yeah, I am. I'm like, okay, so this year use this one credit card for Christmas presents. I won't look at it and, and until Christmas is over. Guess what happened? $1,500 in fraudulent gas charges to that credit card. Yeah. Because I didn't see the transactions happening. And he's like, oh. uh, <laughs> yeah. But, and I mean, you know, I do have one more piece of advice. Don't your credit card number or your debit card number memorize your husband <laughs> love it and on that note i think we're done with this episode of the podcast we look forward to uh sharing another episode with you next week